God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I also want to thank our new sponsor, My Patriot Supply. You can check out My Patriot Supply. Uh, now more than ever, you're going to need My Patriot Supply because, you know, there's shortages. There's shortages. There's inflation. There's supply chain issues. Uh, and there are you know, inevitably going to be power outages in California. You know, it seems like every year uh, we're faced with all of this infrastructure crisis. And uh, so my Patriot Supply was nice enough to sponsor the Scott Adams Show. You can go to my Patriot Supply, which is MPS, you know, for my Patriot Supply. And it takes you right to our page uh, on My Patriot Supply. So if you go mps.scottadamshow.com, that's MPS for My Patriot Supply. mps.scottadamshow.com, it takes you right to our My Patriot Supply page where we get credit for the purchases that you make. And that makes us look good. That helps our sponsors. Um, they have some discounts going on right now over there. And they have dry storage, uh, solar panels, uh, energy sources, all kinds of different things. The dry storage is actually pretty good because there you can, uh, you can store things on your shelf for quite some time. Netflix is, uh, you know, tanking right now. And, um, you know, it just makes me think that my first knee-jerk reaction to that was the Obamas, you know, they're ruining everything, right? Spotify is dropping the Obamas. And I got to thinking, you know, the Obamas seem to be in all these different media things. And they're buying houses and $65 million houses or something like that in Hawaii. Crazy stuff. Everything's at sea level, which, you know, belies the fact that they were giving commencement speeches 
talking about the existential threat being climate, when really the existential threat is something like an electric magnetic pulse, which is another reason why you need to go over to mps.scottadamshow.com and get yourself some My My Patriot Supply. But in addition to that, um, you know, they were preaching this and pushing this. And of course, we know that the climate initiative was all about control and who was financing the climate. Who was financing these climate initiatives? Who was financing them? China was financing them. And guess who else was financing them? Russia was financing them. Do you know one of the things that burned me up in my research for this show the most was the fact that our our oil reserves that we're tapping into, instead of actually completing the construction on the Keystone Pipeline, and getting that thing rolling and being energy independent and, and, and promoting fracking. No, no, the Biden administration doesn't want to do that. They lied through their teeth in the, cam- in the lead up to the, cam- uh, the, to the 2020 election. But what they've done is they've dismantled our energy independence. And now Russia is buying, uh, selling more oil than ever before. That's according to J.P. Morgan. Russia is selling more oil than they've ever dreamed they could sell in their lives. They're getting rich off of oil sales. So what the heck are the sanctions about? It's all smoke and mirrors, folks. This is all cover-up. This is a absolute disaster in the making. This is a, a globalist's takeover of the world. This is basically a globalist mission to in, to uh, manipulate a new world order where we're going to be separated between two major monopolies that are going to involve our Five Eyes partners and NATO, which is Five Eyes is going to be, uh, they just signed a pact because of the threat of the hypersonic weapons that are coming out of China and Russia. Okay? Now, they allowed this to happen. They didn't nip it in the bud. They didn't preempt it. They didn't stop it from happening. No, they allowed it to happen. Just like they wanted the war to happen. They wanted this war. Because it, 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 it promotes and makes rich the people involved with the military-industrial complex. And America be damned. Just like the Green Initiative. They could care less whether or not national, secur- uh, na- national security hinges on our energy independence. They could care less whether that's a national security issue or not. Of course it is. But they're selling out America. They're taking Chinese and Russian money and they're pushing green initiatives because that's their duty. In order to receive the money, you got to push that. And they manipulate the politicians who are easily bought. And they push agendas and policy and lobbyists into Washington, D.C. to steer policy. And the problem with the, all of this 
is it puts us at a national risk. It puts us at a risk and it crushes the middle class because it impacts supply chain. It impacts the cost of shipping and, and, and trucking and distribution. It, it, it cripples us at the pump. But they don't care about the middle class who's been footing the bill for the last century. And the middle class is the one that they're attacking. The corporations were put on the map because of the middle class. And yet you have Disney, woke as can be. I mean, think about the hubris in that. Think about the hypocrisy in that. Think about what's just wrong with that. It's absolutely wrong. Bite the hand that feeds you. And look what they've done. We've created a monster, almost like Little Shop of Horrors, this plant that just won't stop eating. Right? I mean, it is Frankenstein. It's every me- it's everything, every metaphor imaginable where we created this giant Talk about corporations being too big to fail. Try our government out for size. But that's exactly what this new world order is going to be. It's, it's what it's all about. As we put together that Five Eyes group and we expand NATO with Sweden and Finland and Ukraine is going to be in, entered into the EU. You watch. That's going to happen. That's going to make the globalists stronger because they're going to have bigger, more powerful players, strategic geopolitical locations that are going to control the Arctics like Finland and Sweden will because there's a lot of resources up in there that they're mining for and Russia has solo access to it. So Finland and Sweden are going to become part of this mix. They used to be politically neutral. And now they're no no longer going to be that. They're going to enter the fray. They're going to enter the mix. And that's going to make the globalists stronger. What say one, say all, right? I mean, the, the idea is that your politician, say you got a Jim Jordan, someone great like that. Say you get this great politician like Jim Jordan, you know, who bless who who's who the Ohio constituents are blessed to have cuz we love Jim Jordan here on the Scott Adams show but Jim Jordan goes to Washington and he says you know I would love to do it for you we have the numbers in the congress but we still have to answer to the United Nations we have to get final approval from Brussels in the uh, European Union and NATO alliance. We can't just do these things alone. We're partnered now. We're obligated. We have a whole bunch of red tape and papers to sign and, and committees to be approved before our laws can actually be executed. How about that? I mean, it's no, not much different than if we were to secure our border But somehow we would have cooperation and coordination with the government of Mexico, who is on the other side of that border, right? That would be a courtesy, and that would be business the way you would want it. And that's fine. 
But now these borders are not just the borders to our immediate flanks, like Canada and Mexico, but it's going to be virtual borders. This new world order is going to create all kinds of borders, and they're not going to be visible borders. You're not going to see walls. What you're going to see are diplomats from every country in the world that are going to control the the banking industry and the social credit score systems. And they're going to adopt new policies to make the world a better place. This new world order. They're going to control and they're going to keep everything in check. But like I say, just like they allowed the hypersonic missiles to uh, um, become advantageous for China and Russia, they're also going to create a scenario where they're going to allow this to happen, where our dollar is no longer going to be the central currency. It's going to go to BRICS. It's going to go to you know Brazil, uh, uh, Russia, India, China, and South uh, Africa. BRICS. And there are going to be other countries too, like Iran and and and. Uh, you know, a lot of other countries are going to be part of that commitment. Uh, obviously, Pakistan is going to be part of that because Imran Awan um, has been ousted in Pakistan by the United States government as a coup because they didn't crack down on Russia, because they wanted to buy Russian oil, because they had commitments to Russia. And so they continued to buy Russian oil, and no, so they chose. They they made their choice. So there's going to be a lot of other countries that are going to, and we're going to be a, a polarized world, no better than we were before, except there are going to be these bigger monopolies. They're going to have more control over the middle class. And what they pay, and how they live, and how they behave, and what they say, and what mask they wear, and what jab they take, and what vaccine, you know, that kind of thing. What kind of medicine they get, what kind of death panel they'll be subjected to. Just like Bill Gates said, he wanted to curb the population from $9.5 billion to $6.5 billion. He thinks he can get that number down. It's projected to go up to $9.5 billion, $9 billion. He thinks he can get it down to $6.5 billion. By what? New vaccines, reproductive services, and medicine and hospitals, which is government socialized medicine. The only way you would get that population down is through death panels putting a limit on how much aid and service you give to an 85-year-old. I shouldn't say that number. My father might be 85. I don't know. So, but, you know, we'll make sure he gets all the health care he needs if he ever needs it. Anyway, the point is, is, is that reproductive services, that code word for abortion, right? <laughs> Don't give me this reproductive service business. It's abortion. And I don't know what the, the uh, law passed in um, 
California it was, but the caller who called in earlier this week said something about six weeks after the child's born. It's unbelievable. I don't know what happened with that law. I didn't look it up, but uh, someone can text me and let me know. I'll, I'll report it on the air. Um, all right, so... Uh, you know, so so they've been talking about that, but you know, then you got a guy like Elon Musk, who's basically saying the the thing that's going to cripple our world is not enough population. Population growth is too low, is what Elon Musk is saying, and Bill Gates is saying Elon uh, population is too high. Jane Goodall, Goodall, the woman from Born Free, and you know, the, the safari woman from the 60s and 70s, and now she's an older lady, but um, she's um, still has a voice, <clears throat> and she's still definitely with it. And she's the one also saying, you know, population is out of control, and we need to do something about it. And, of course, the climate people, I think, love this whole thing about LBGDQ and trans because guess what? You can't get pregnant. In those kind of love affairs, you cannot get knocked up. Sorry. Sorry for the pronoun people that think that you can. You can't. God created, you know, man and woman. <laughs> and there are two sexes. And last I checked, God's perfect. He made it just right. You know, I believe we are designed to to cohabitate as couples. And I think that, uh, you know, if we would just keep it simple, life is not a bad place. You know, being immortal on earth is not a bad, such a bad thing. But why the liberals want to screw it up is is uh, absolutely ridiculous. And we know why, because they're engineers. They like to they like the MK Ultra. They like the PSYOPs. They like the mind manipulation. Keep in mind that the people that were in charge for the last 20 years of the United States, guess what? They were the LSD community. The people that were in charge of speech and anti-war in Vietnam and taking LSD and taking pot and doing heroin and introducing heroin to our society and coke and acid and acid trips and all kinds of crazy stuff. Guess what? Those hippies, they've all grown up, right? They were 20-something in the 60s. They got to be 40-something in the 80s and in the 90s when they, when they elected the Bush globalists, when they elected the Clinton globalists and the Clinton corruption. And they were the leaders at the top brass on the, seven, you know, on the, on the top floor when the Obamas took power. And they controlled the corporations these acid trip liberals, all grown up, rule the world right now. And look at the world. Look at how it's reflected on their crazy, crazy thoughts. Those crazy people from the 60s, they were the biggest morons. They couldn't figure out how to get out of a paper bag. And yet, still... 
they ran the world into the ground with their lies and deception and their utopia views. But it was all about manipulation because Cat Stevens, that great music artist, became Yusef Islam and decided to take a fatwa out on Simon Rusty's head because he wrote something about Muhammad. The censorship's not new, folks. It's been around for a long time with the lib, li, the libs, the left, the intolerant left. These new agey crystal like, you know, druggies. You cross them and they will cut your throat. They're emotional. They're not rational. And they're running the world. And their kids will be the next generation of voters. And don't you think Disney doesn't know that? Disney knows that. This whole woke corporation thing, what do you think it's about? Where do you think Larry Fink came from? He was influenced probably by some hippie chick he probably wanted to sleep with. I don't know. But what I do know is that he's on a microphone saying he wants to control people's behavior at the same time when the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization are congregating together and they're talking about social credit score systems and vaccine passports. And Biden is pushing through this Despite the fact that the laws are saying you don't have to wear a mask, they're still trying to jab you in the arm. And, you know, I I posted this article from Citizen Free Press, and it says 99.99999% of people didn't die yesterday. But yesterday, an Air Force officer lost his livelihood because he didn't get a vaccine. You think that's fair? You lose your entire career because you decide you choose not to get a vaccine. A vaccine for what? Some stupid virus where it says 99.9999% are be just okay with this thing? That we can't live with the flu? That the, you know, I mean, what if they did that? Someone gets the flu and all of a sudden we shut down the entire country or the world. Costs trillions of dollars. But who's getting that money? Because the money's not evaporating. It doesn't evaporate. It goes in somebody's pocket. And those somebodies are buying those yachts. And, you know, I just read this story. I just no, I just saw this um, post. It wasn't even an article. It was a, it was a concept, a construct. And what was interesting about it is that there are these luxury yachts, and I understand Putin has a couple of them. And if these globalists and these elitists were super serious about it, you better believe that they would be blowing up these yachts and they would be seizing these yachts and selling them off and giving the proceeds from those yacht sales to Ukraine if they were that serious. But no, they want to take 800 more million dollars, which is what Biden now is proposing, another 800 million goes to the oligarchs in in Ukraine. And I'm telling you folks, it's just absolutely insane.
So this guy, he asked a good question. Small, small little Twitter site. I just, just, it was a great picture of these yachts. And it says, why aren't these Russian super yachts worth over $1 billion being auctioned off? Seems like liquidating them and giving the money to Ukraine would be the way to go about this. Elon Musk, you could flip these yachts. You want to be involved in the lives of humans? So, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> Elon Musk, this is nothing new. Um, he's been on this for a long time. It, back in March, okay, you know, it's April 21st. Back in March, um, he said this. Netflix waiting for the war to end in Ukraine to make a movie about a black Ukraine guy falls in love with a transgender Russian soldier. <laughs> that's uh, that's the Netflix thing, right? Hmm. Made me chuckle because I can't tell you how many times I watch. Uh, ne- and by the way, I did boycott Netflix once upon a time. And then I realized this, and this is my, this is my take on boycotts is at some point, the more I learned, the more I realized, what's the point? This boycotting is hurting me, like a sanction hurts me. Doesn't necessarily hurt Russia, right? I mean, so the point is, is that I could boycott until I'm blue in the face. But at the end of the day, if I buy the other product instead... Guess what? It's still going to the same criminal. It's still going to BlackRock or, or uh, you know, Vanguard or, you know, any one of those big conglomerate corporations. It's still going there. That my money, there's no place for my money to go unless, you know, they start to to build build uh, you know alternatives patriot type of things but you know those markets are so small and the the services and the products aren't quite mature enough i mean you take truth social they were supposed to launch in march and they i'm still on a waiting list somebody ran out of money somewhere i know that's what it that's the problem it's a money issue it's not a technology issue Devin Nunes has all the all the uh, Silicon Valley assets he needs to pull it off if he needed to. I think it takes some money and infrastructure they don't have, and uh, so that's that's an you know a black eye to the Patriot movement. Really, that Truth Social needs to needs to get on its feet, and you know I understand there's lots of problems, but. By the time it gets to its feet, guess what's going to happen? Elon Musk is going to take over Twitter. Everybody's going to go back to Twitter, and that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem for Truth Social. That's going to be a problem for Truth Social investors. And so this whole Elon Musk thing could be, think about that. Elon Musk is toying around with investing in Twitter Ah, you know, I hadn't even really thought about it until now. That's the great thing about doing a live show. You can think and peel an onion right live 
in front of everybody on stage. But here's the thing. Because, you know, I got to tell you, I've never fully trusted Elon Musk. I mean, Elon Musk was on the business board with the Trump team in the beginning of the Trump administration. And then he left. And he and Trump were at odds with each other. I remember that. And, you know, when you think about it, it's kind of an interesting thought. But what if he's just playing around with this Twitter thing to prevent investors from signing on to Truth Social? Because with this new Twitter development, it makes it makes um, Truth Social a very uh, it makes Truth Social a uh, a higher risk investment, doesn't it? If you think about it, say, you know, just think about yourself and say you're going to put some money down on Truth Social and you're going to invest in the Patriot Movement and you're going to make that happen. And then all of a sudden, out of thin air, Elon Musk decides to buy some shares he could afford easily. He makes a huge profit on the return because the stock went up from 37 to 55. So overnight, he got the huge return on his investment. But he also told the world that Twitter might be back. But stay tuned. In 10 days, that 10 days turns into 20 days. That that 20 days turns into two months. That two months turns into four, four more months. Next thing you know, you got a midterm election. Aha. Wow, that's kind of interesting. I, I just thought of that, actually. And that that is interesting. And what if he never does take it over? And that people like Alweed bin Talal, who is a business associate with uh, Bill, Bill Gates who is aligned with Lindsey Graham, who financed Obama's Harvard education, who is a radical socialist globalist that's connected, was connected with and business partnered with Jamal Khashoggi and bought up all kinds of media companies just like the Obamas did, hooking up with Spotify and hooking up with Netflix and and trying to indoctrinate our children and trying to indoctrinate our families and trying to uh, diminish the value of Christianity in our communities and trying to sell us on this fake idea that homosexuality is 50% of our population and that transgender is about 25% of our population, when in fact it's nothing near that. It's a fraction. And what they're doing there with those fake numbers, every single time you weigh in on something, you know, they're flipping all kinds of things upside down on its face. But what's really happening in real life is... The crime is up, and LBGQ is still a fraction of society, and trans is nothing to speak about because the numbers really aren't there. If they decided to start a trans uh, athletic league, do you know how many people would tune in and watch? 
this trans community running laps around the track or swimming? Do you know how many people would tune in to watch a bunch of, of trans do that? Zero. I mean, they might get a handful of family members. That's about it. It would not be viable. They're piggybacking off the back of successful sports and they're ruining them. And that is, in essence, think about this and visualize it. It's a redistribution of wealth from the equitable sport and taking that equity and destroying it. I mean, women's athletics has come a long way. And it was a natural thing for that to happen because women can't compete with men in a lot of sports. In a lot of sports, they can, but in a lot of sports, they can't. Or or even, in, or shouldn't, for that matter. And so they developed their own, you know, and so there was this push, like even in tennis. You know, they, they don't hit the ball as fast. They don't run as fast. Um, they can't compete with the men but yet they want equal pay even though more people show up to watch the men than the women you know and that's fine i i understand those battles to a certain degree but you know now enter trans in that and all the progress that they fought for over and over you know title 9 you know title 9 in college sports impacted wrestling for example to where men's programs in wrestling were getting cut left and right because they had male-female quota systems. And that was a big problem. And, and the reason why many male athletic sports, there were fringe sports that were not profitable like basketball and football, were getting cut. And the sports that had a woman's league, like basketball adopted and then hockey adopted it, and soccer and lacrosse and all these others um, is the reason why they brought in these women's sports was to make sure that their program didn't get cut from the quota-based system. And now, you know, that's why the wrestling community has gotten, has woken up and they're, they've now established a NCAA wrestling, uh, women's wrestling, uh, you know, division, which is great because if it, for me, in my perspective, if it protects women's uh, men's wrestling, then I'm all for it. But I actually have a lot of respect for the women's wrestlers that they've done such a great job. Just like the women in MMA and UFC have done remarkably well and have done gr- a great job uh, there. So you know, I'm all for it. But what I'm saying is, is this trans thing. It being it's 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 just like everything else and when it comes to redistribution of wealth it's it's crushing and cri- uh, crippling women's sports everything that they've developed and worked for since the 70s and be you know probably longer than that but really you know you think about billy jean king and you think about Maria Navratilova, or you think just about women's uh, women's athletics in the Olympics in general. Since the 70s, I think it's really taken off. And, and so my point is there. So this trans overnight is, is impacting that. And these woke corporations are being run by former hippies. And now they've learned 
What are we going to do with the next crop of voters? What, what are we going to do with this next crop of voters, huh? They're eight years old now, but in 10 years, you know, a 10-year-old in third or fourth grade, a 10-year-old, guess what? Eight years, they vote. An eight-year-old, second grade, something like that, third grade, um, basically, uh, they're, um, they're going to be voting in 10 years, less than a decade away. So if they can get them to actually turn their back on God, that would be their goal number one, because people's faith in God is stronger than their faith in government. Would you agree? And if that's the case, then the government is like, wow, we got to get rid of that that problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just unbelievable that they would even think on those terms. That they can't see the good in humanity. That there are people that struggle and they're alone in this world. They're contemplating suicide, if not but for their faith in God. They're contemplating committing a crime, but for their conscience and their religious structure and their, 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 you know, their lessons that they learned in church from doing the right thing with your fellow man. You know, these things that people, that go through people's heads, these demons, should I have another drink? What would God do? What would Jesus do? So, you know, it's, it's so important. You know, having faith in God and having God in your life and pushing those things forward, taking those pieces and giving you strength is absolutely important. You know, um, empowering you. The, thing, the impact that it has on athletics, religion, People are empowered by their God. And somehow the government wants to take that away from you. And the liberals also want to take that away from you. I don't quite understand it. You know, when I think about a healthy, you know, and the Clintons bastardized it really because when when Hillary Clinton said it takes a village, she didn't even know what the heck she was talking about. But this whole thing about a village, what's a village? Well, we know what a village. We know what a village is. It, it 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 starts with the town church, and a small town. It's there's no mistake. There's one church. There's one school. There's one community, and everybody goes to the school. Everybody knows everybody's business. There's not much to do, and it's not New York City. It's a small town in, say, Ohio, where I grew up. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, uh, you call up a friend and you say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. What are you doing this weekend? Nothing. You want to get together? Sure. You know, <laughs> oh, we're thinking about throwing a party or whatever. You're welcome to come over. Should have invited you. Whatever. You know, the value you have on your fellow neighbor is different in a small town. 
and than it is in a big town where everybody's moving around and has something to do. That's the special thing about small towns, in my opinion. But in any case, you know, the idea is that when you think about a small town and if you were to develop a Sim City town, you, you would start with a church and, and a school and a hospital. And you would, you know, have that kind of an infrastructure. You wouldn't be talking about global New World Orders and, you know, none of that applies to small town USA. But all of that impacts small town USA's ability to buy gas, food, and so on and so forth. Supply chains. And people in Washington, like these bureaucrats, like Joe Biden, could care less. They have no concept of what the price is uh, that you're going to have to pay to fill up your tank of gas. And and so it burns me up when I'm doing my research and I'm seeing that we're actually delivering our oil reserves to the European Union because we're not going to go ahead and cheapen our oil because we have a green initiative that says we got to keep those oil prices high. And it's the green lobbyists that are getting paid by the people from China and the people from Russia to actually keep us green and not on the not energy independent, which makes Russia happy, and keeps us green and embracing and going toward that electric vehicle, which keeps China happy. You see, this is the world we're living in right now, and we got to put a stop to it. This is our country. This is our land. This is our oil. This is our money that buys all this stuff. And yet Biden is going to go ahead and put in another $800 million over to Ukraine. Now, Elon Musk, his takeover of Twitter, as I just came up with, um, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter, so long as it delays, if it delays and delays and delays, I think it's actually a hidden plot to stifle the investments going on at Parler, Getter, Gab, and Truth Social, to prevent them from getting the investments they need to compete. I actually believe that could be. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And uh, that scares me. But we're all right now jumping and hoping that Elon Musk takes over and puts the Trump uh, Trump's uh, Twitter account back up on Twitter and restores Twitter to what it can be. And that's really what it should be. And the world is on that linear uh, thought of, yeah, Elon Musk should do it. And the people pushing back are like Bin Talal, that radical socialist uh, Saudi prince that's connected with Bill Gates and the Khashoggi's and the Maxwell's and, you know, the, all those radical lefties um, that want to want to keep America weak, that are uh, anti-Semitic, uh, that want uh, to strengthen the Palestinians and to keep the polarization in the Middle East going. And the reason why they want to do that is because they have their own, just like Tom Steyer 
made his wealth off of fossil fuels in Australia. And then, you know, he, uh, he, he fought tooth and nail against the Keystone Pipeline, as did Warren Buffett. Because Warren Buffett distributes oil through trains. Dirty, oily, drippy trains. And um, and Tom Steyer had uh, he had ideas on another pipeline altogether, and uh, that was the thing. So you know, it's not that they're and they try to say that they are worried about the environment, but they're just worried about market. Uh, they want to they want to have a monopoly in the, that same market. Caller, you're on the air. Hey Scott, hi, this is uh, Lance in Austin. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to talk about uh, Elon Musk and Twitter. Uh, a lot of people seem to make it out to be a, a free speech issue that he's fighting for free speech in a way. And I, there's three things going on that I think has something to do with that. And I, I want to know if you think they have anything to do with each other. There's Twitter's uh, involvement with Elon Musk, and then uh, Alex Jones just, I guess, not recently, but he lost his suit for the uh, Sandy Hook uh, uh, things that he was saying. So basically, he was exercising his free speech. And he got a judgment against him, so I never really looked into the details. I don't understand what they got as damages from Alex Jones based on what he says, because people think Alex Jones is crazy. It's like reading the National Enquirer and suing somebody for something that's in the National Enquirer. And then um, the other one was Assange. Assange has gotten his extradition orders, and the, this the idea of him speaking the truth about something that our government was involved in being a crime, it, it all goes down to that same speech issue I believe but I, I, I just seem to think is there a common thread somehow a common thread uh, through um, I don't see the connection just, between those three actually I don't see it I mean I'm aware I'm aware that Julian Assange is being extradited from the UK and that uh, yeah. he's going to you know it's going to be up for grabs whether or not he was considered to be a journalist or not I, I get that one yeah. And then Alex Jones, I know that he lost his lawsuit, and so he's liable for some sort of defamation. And uh, I don't, I don't really know what the, his crime is, actually. Yeah, um, that's it. Free speech, in my opinion. What he said, he's an entertainer. Why can he be right. sued for his show? Well, know? because he's a conservative and not a liberal. That's why. Yeah, it's true. That's it. That's but, the but how, did, how does that all, tie? Maybe how that's that, the three. That's the thread. They're all conservative. Okay, but. How's that tie to Twitter? And by the way, I mean, the thing I just came up with, with Elon Musk, I just actually, that thought came out of my head while I was talking. And I actually think it's a pretty good bit of analysis. But, uh, you know, I think it's actually, well, there's no doubt about it, that what Elon Musk is doing, the fact is, It's it's hurting Truth Social. Because Truth Social obviously is delayed because they need investments. You know what I mean? I'm still waiting, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I think that they're, this is going to make it more difficult for Truth Social and I think Getter and Parler and all these other competing interests to... Those interests that are involved in free speech. The, right, very, very good. right, like right, right. But, but so this, this is, is a free speech issue, but where everybody thinks Elon Musk is coming out on the side of free speech... It could very well be that Elon Musk is a villain. Dressed it's, I think so like, it's very possible. Dressed like, you know, the, the, the uh, North Star, you know, like dressed like the angel, you know, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, so to speak. 
right? And, 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 and what, what it equates to is money is free speech. If you have the money, you can say whatever you want to say. Yeah. But he was Smith. never, he and Trump have never been really, I mean, Trump had him, he was one of the first people to, to uh, kind of leave this business panel in the first six months, I think, of Trump's administration. I'd have to look it up, but he was on this, this panel and then he, he, he was out. And for pr- probably oh. a lot of reasons. I mean, I think he was struggling with Tesla. No, no, no. I'm talking about um, President Trump put together a panel of business leaders in America. And Elon Musk was on it. And Elon Musk oh. and and uh, that diamond yeah, guy, that uh, a lot of people, you know, left that panel discussion Uh and yeah. didn't want to participate. They they disagreed with certain aspects of what Trump was proposing to do, and so well, I don't think that Elon Musk and Trump huh? are, are copacetic. I don't think they're best buddies. I don't either. I, I you would see them have much more uh, contact with each other, you know, publicly. I would think too. Yeah. Yeah. So. But thanks, man. I just I, I just I just I just want to pick your brain too. What you thought about my my ideas with that, but uh, it's it's still you know I, I'm still working on it. So I appreciate uh, taking the call, man, and I love your show. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye. All right. Um. So. All right. I'm just gonna flip something really quick. All right. Um. All right. So do we mention my Patriot Supply just started sponsoring Scott Adams Show and uh, and. Uh, and Red State Talk Radio. Yeah, they, they they are. And so you can go to mps.scottadamshow.com. That's MPS for My Patriot Supply. You know, M-P-S. And then put a period, scottadamshow.com. And what that does is it directs you to our My uh, Patriot Supply page to where you get great discounts and you get to... Uh, Get these packages. Get access to these packages that enable you to be um, safe and secure. You know, solar energy, uh, f- dry food storage. You know that kind of thing. Um, and they're really pretty good. And they got promotions going on right now. Like you know, you'll see big discounts over there. So there's that. Okay. Well, I want to talk about Florida a little bit. Um, so. So. Jen Psaki was crying her eyes out over this situation uh, that just seems so bizarre to me that she's fighting tooth and nail. She's she's actually upset about uh, this, this parents' rights thing. Let's take a listen. Um, and we're going to continue to drive this. Uh, attempts at laws or laws that we're seeing in some states like Florida that is not a reflection of the country moving to oppose LGBTQ plus communities. That is not what we see in data. That is not factual. Uh, and that is not where things stand. This is a political wedge issue and an attempt to win a culture war. And they're doing that in a way that is harsh and cruel uh, to a community of kids, especially. I'm, I'm like going to get, emo- uh, I'm going to get emotional about this issue because I just, it's horrible, but uh 
but you know, it's it's like kids who are bullied, and this is like all these leaders are are taking steps to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states, and it is going after parents who are in loving relationships who have kids. It's completely outrageous. Um, but it is it is a wedge issue. Sorry. I, and this, this is an issue that makes me completely crazy. Um, but it is an issue that um, is a political wedge issue. It is not a reflection of where the country is. The political. So what she said, you know, this this bill that they're talking about is a bill to just keep keep the schools from indoctrinating sex education in into the hearts and minds of of eight-year-olds it's it's also a choice for the parents parents parental you know the parents want to raise their children and they don't want to release that or relinquish that control to uh, teachers teachers are not more qualified to raise their children especially the woke teachers that they seem to be hiring these days so you know this was an issue, by the way, this is a key issue, and DeSantis is right on top of it. I've been reading report after report. Not, not only do the polls indicate that the Biden administration is down in the 20s with regard to young voters and Hispanic voters, below 33%, which is his average, but it's the lowest, um, these polls, it's the lowest number that they've ever seen in their history of their polls. So each individual poll is at its all-time low with Biden. But in, so I think that this influx of immigrants, uh, migrants coming through the southern border might blow up in their faces unless they, you know, basically rig their IDs with ballots and, and never send them out, but yet vote them. You know, so it's it, it, we have to get ahead of the voter fraud, obviously. But the polls are indicating one thing that uh, the Biden administration is collapsing with young voters. But this parental rights issue, if you take a look at Virginia and Yunkin and Yunkin and versus McCullough, that was a parental rights, you know, an anti-critical race theory kind of uh, victory for Yunkin, uh, who was not supposed to win that race, but. Because of parental rights, he won it. DeSantis is right on top of it. He's a rock star when it comes to parental rights. So this is going to be a huge issue heading into 2022. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to check out my uh, Patriot Supply over at mps.scottadamshow.com. That's mps.scottadamshow.com. Also, if you go to mypillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. Uh, be sure to check out our Substack over at scottadamshow.substack.com. And if you'd like to make a donation to an America First, um, Make America Great Again nonprofit, go to magapack.org. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, buddy. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.